Welcome to the Dry Ground Project podcast. Our goal is to create a global community of professionals caring for young adults aged out of orphanages and foster care. That's what we do. I'm your host, Callie. And I'm your co-host, Amanda. Welcome to the Dry Ground Project podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, Callie. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. A lot better now. Still waking up. Today, we're going to talk about trauma. I feel like we should input like a a studio audience going, yay, here. Yay! I might edit you out saying that and actually add it. Yay, trauma. Yay, trauma. This is something we talk about a lot. It's something we talk about a lot. And yeah, it it can be heavy, but I I think we, we view it really pragmatically and straightforwardly because we do deal with it so often and if you work with um, young adults aged out of orphanages or foster care then you hopefully are really familiar with this topic um it's everywhere in pop culture right now there are a ton of books podcasts um documentaries even a ton of resources around trauma um but because we deal with it every day we have to have an episode about it on the first season of our podcast right yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also, like you say, um, a super important topic for anyone working with this particular population. But I mean, I use it in my day to day life and my relationships with friends, my relationships with people at church. Like, I'm looking you dead in the eyes as I say it. Your relationship with me. Yeah. It helps to know trauma, <laughs> to be trauma informed. So a side note before we get started, we have to say again that we are paraprofessionals. We have done a lot of formal and informal training around trauma and trauma-informed care, but we cannot say that we are super experts. Um, We have no letters behind our name, but we do use this every day. So that is our perspective as we talk about um, trauma as a topic, trauma-informed care, trauma resources. Um, So just keep that in mind as we have this conversation and I think it's a good point too so that you as a listener know that you don't have to have a bunch of letters behind your name to be familiar with the topic and to use really practical tools in working with young adults who have experienced trauma so we are not professionals we're paraprofessionals and so if that's you there's still trainings there's still ways to learn so indeed it is a journey Amanda when did you start your journey of learning about trauma so I was introduced to trauma as um, a topic in 2015 when I went to a camp that was serving um, kids between the age of like six and 13 uh, from orphanages in the country that I now live. And that was like a really, I mean, condensed version. I think the, the training I got for the camp was trauma affects the brain. Here's some fidgets uh, to use in the camp. And so it was like the first time that I was introduced to the topic, but not um, really an, a, a deep dive into to what it was. But it, it popped up on my radar in 2015, and it just kind of kept coming up years after. Yeah, until you founded Lighthouse Transitional Care. Until I founded Lighthouse Transitional Care, and I had done some trainings even before then, uh, where we did a, a much deeper dive into some practical um, 
practical tools for for working with kids and young adults uh, with trauma. One of them was the back-to-back ministries trauma-competent caregiver, and another was the TBRI out of TCU, which is the Trust-Based Relational Intervention. So those two trainings I did before Lighthouse. Yeah. And similarly, like, I feel like growing up, I heard the term trauma only related to, like, horrific accidents like 9-11 or car crashes or fires or tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Um, if those terrible things happen, there's trauma involved. And um, similarly, I don't think I heard about trauma in this context until coming to Latvia to work at camps in 2016. So a year after you heard about it. Um, and it's funny because after receiving my like initial training around trauma-informed care, I went back to America and had another training on working with children. Um, where I felt like trauma should have been discussed and it was barely touched on in like a two-day training, mm. like maybe an hour's worth. Like, oh, the kids you're working with might might have some trauma. And I thought, are you crazy? Why aren't we talking more about this? Um, and so I was the person in the room shouting about it, which is a strange position to be in sometimes as a paraprofessional. Mm-hmm. But here we are. So, to help the listeners understand and to refresh our memories as we go into this conversation, what is trauma? Trauma is the way that our nervous system responds to our environment, right? When, when something scary happens. Um, I think you have a good quote about this somewhere. When, um, when something happens and we can't do anything about it, right? When something scary happens, and we have no agency, then we adapt, right? Our brains respond to that with, with our fight, flight, freeze response to keep us safe. And so our, we learn about the world through these experiences, and trauma is those terrifying and threatening events happening um, and us not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, that's from Kurt Thompson, one of my favorite. Um, professionals in the trauma world. Um, he's a Christian psychologist, and he says that trauma happens when there's a feeling of overwhelm and and when we have no sense of agency. So it can't be either or, but both. And I think that's way more common than we think. Yeah. And then Bruce Perry also had a quote you wanted to share, right? Um, yeah. He talks a little bit about, um, b- because when we talk about having no sense of agency after a feeling of overwhelm, um, we often can start to think about, you know, our our own experiences, right, and our own ways of of um, how we've how we've dealt with with things that have happened in our own lives. But he talks about uh, capital T trauma and lowercase t trauma because capital T trauma is the experience that um, we we think about when we think about trauma. That's that's abuse, neglect, natural disaster, death of a loved one. Um, and small t trauma is, um, let's say you're, you're in a school where you don't feel like you belong, right, for whatever reason. And that's just kind of continually going on and you're just not a part of the group. And so you get this lowercase t trauma of just not belonging anywhere and feeling overwhelmed by not belonging and not feeling like you can really do anything about it. So that, I think, is more relatable 
um, for, for most listeners, but capital T trauma is, is the big stuff. And what kind of trauma have our youth experienced? What do we see working at Lighthouse Transitional Care? Yeah, every single one of our young adults comes from a, a place of both types of trauma, right? Capital T and lowercase t. Um, I love this way of describing trauma because we talk openly with our youth about trauma and about their stories and about what happened to them and kind of help them understand and, and frame it how they, they need to. But one thing that one of our youth came up to me um, to talk about once was, everyone has trauma, so why am I so messed up? And we, we talked about this topic of capital T trauma. The things that happens to our youth do not happen to most people. And so there's a much bigger impact. The first season of the Dry Ground Project podcast is sponsored by Lighthouse Transitional Care, a Christ-focused nonprofit organization in Riga, Latvia, working with young adults aged out of the orphan care system. Consider supporting the Lighthouse and learn more at lighthouselatvia.org. Thanks for that explanation, Amanda. Um, could you talk more specifically about the kinds of trauma that we see here? Like, where does this all come from? What has happened? Yeah, a lot of our youth have experienced um, neglect and abuse, uh, neglect or abuse, and sometimes both. Um, there are just, I mean, unfortunately, anything that you can imagine happening to, to a young child, many of our youth have experienced. There has been the the trauma of a separation from their family because they were removed from the home. Uh, that's why you end up in an orphanage or in foster care, because there was trauma. Uh, and that separation is also traumatic. So we've had that. A lot of our youth, because of growing up in an orphanage, felt out of place in school, felt out of place in church, felt out of place in their communities. And so that that feeling of being other than has just continued throughout most of their life. And, you know, we work with 18 to 30 year olds. And that means that there was never any resolution to their story of being separated, right? They, they continued through a system and aged out of it and are now finding themselves as young adults still feeling like they don't belong uh, with their peers. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that Trauma can happen when you are days old. Trauma mm -hmm. can happen before you're born, right? It can happen in utero. So I think there's a misconception that, like, if you have a child who's adopted from birth, that they will have missed that trauma somehow, but they're still being separated from their biological mother. So there's still trauma there. Right. I wish more um, parents of, like, privately adopted children in America would realize that and get some of these interventions early on. Right, yeah. It would be, it would be super helpful to know these things, um, even if you were adopting someone from, from you know, a day old. Um, it's also important to know, like, you could have your own biological children, and they could have experienced trauma. If you had a difficult pregnancy, um, if you were dealing with your own mental health issues while you were pregnant, then that gets <laughs> passed down. Those hormones get handed over to to your newborn as well and so 
like you could have a child who had some trauma and they are your biological child, right? And if we just look at the world through this lens, we can understand that things can happen and we can provide agency and we can provide ways to interact with ourselves so that we're not impacted by trauma for the rest of our lives, right? We can we can recover and there is hope. And yet you just kind of have to know what's happening to know what, how to respond, right? Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why trauma is so much at the forefront of our cultural conversation right now, because there's hope in it. Um, can you talk more about that hope and where we can find healing from trauma? Yeah, I mean, we both talk a lot about professional um, help and, and going to see a counselor and going to see a therapist. And, you know, for our generation, that was a little bit uncomfortable at the beginning. And I now I feel like most people in their 30s talk pretty openly about therapy and, and mental health. Um, I think the generation that's following us talks very openly about it. And so it's it's good that we can talk about our experiences and our and our mental health in an open way because we, we destigmatize it, right? So obviously professional help, if you can find and afford it, is a, a good healing resource. Being a part of a community is also extremely important, right? That, that sense of belonging, that feeling of importance because you belong somewhere is huge. And that's a big thing that we do at the lighthouse we're we're creating a community where you're accepted no matter what and there are people like you here um so that you belong somewhere and belonging is is really huge well i think scientifically the hope in trauma healing is that our neural pathways can be rewired with you know the change of habits and being part of a healthy community yeah, I think so. I listened to another podcast by a very, very intelligent professor of neuroscience, and he talks about how as adults, we can still rewire and, and change our brain. We just have to do it intentionally, right? We're not a two year old that can just learn a language because someone's speaking it to us. Our brains just aren't working and developing that fast anymore. But we can rewire, right? With intentionality, with, with thought, with practice, with routine. Um, we can change our habits. We can change our belief systems. We just have to do it on purpose. Yeah, and I guess that's hard when we have to be adults and take care of other people and live in this world. But it still gets done. So as professionals and paraprofessionals working with people who have experienced trauma, how can we help with this healing? I think learning, right? Going and, and getting trainings, going and getting certified to, to train others, right? To, to share the, the news of hope for trauma and to practice it a little bit at a time. I think one common misconception when we've done trainings is that volunteers walk away thinking, I have to use all of these skills right now to make an impact. And that's just not true. You can take one thing and run with it and practice it and add something else to it in three or six months. And you're still on the journey and you're still making progress, but you don't have to do it all at once. And I think that's hugely important to remember, but go and get training and learn from professionals and listen to them talk about trauma and listen to what they have to say and then apply it. 
And you mentioned that you've been trained in like trust-based relational intervention. Do you have any other quick resources you want to mention for learning more about trauma? Um, yeah. So I had done the trust-based relational intervention caregiver training, and then I went and did their full training for becoming a practitioner. So I can train others in the caregiving method that comes out of TCU. TBRI practitioners are all over the world, and you can go to Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development's website, and you can search for a practitioner near you, and you can ask to be a part of those trainings. And they, they are happening everywhere. So that's a great resource we can link in the show notes. Yes, great place to start for sure. And later this season, we'll have a whole episode coming out on how to help people who have experienced trauma. So stay tuned for that. What else? Love is not enough. You know, when people go into this type of work and this type of ministry, they they come in with a huge heart. And that is really important. You have to be compassionate and loving and empathetic. But the thing that I drive home a lot is that it's not enough to have a big heart. You also have to be discerning. You have to be wise. You have to be informed. You have to be knowledgeable. Uh, and so just having a big heart isn't enough, right? Go, go the extra mile because our kids are worth it and get the trainings and, and read your books and practice the skills that are going to help them develop and heal. We're all on a journey to learning about trauma and healing trauma. So check out those resources in the show notes. And I think that's all from us for this episode. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening. The Dry Ground Project is hosted and produced by us, Callie Newton and Amanda Bannister. Music and production support by Aaron Newton. Sound production and design by Jonathan Nevis. Find us online at thedrygroundproject.org, on Instagram at thedrygroundproject, and on Twitter at drygroundproj. See you next time.